Thank you. Thank you, Jehu. Can you all hear me? There we go. Yeah. Good. That's such a powerful truth. And yeah, forgiveness is a key to coming into the freedom God has for us. And believe that's something God is wanting to leave, lead, lead all of us into. Uh, well, today I'm going to be talking, and I know actually a few people here are here who graduated. And so congratulations to the graduates. That's really awesome. Big accomplishment. And we're going to miss those of you who are heading to your next destination. Uh, one of those was Brittany. And Brittany, this is interesting, her family's here from Omaha, her parents and, and brother. Not to point you out, but I just did. <laughs> so there you are. But it's funny because I was, I, we're going to tell a story today uh, that it's from, there's a famous, uh, started out, out as an orphanage called Boys Town in Omaha. And the, the slogan of Omaha, there was a story that happened early on when it started, 100 years ago. There was a kid who had polio, and because of that, he wore braces, and sometimes it wasn't easy to get around, and when there, when he had to go up and down stairs. The other boys started carrying him up and down the stairs. And there's a, a famous encounter where the Father Flanagan was the director of the, the boy, boys' town. He saw one boy carrying the other boy up the stairs, and he said, hey, is, is he heavy? And the other boy looked at him and said, he's not heavy. He's my brother. And that's kind of the, the spirit of Boys Town. And like, hey, there's, there's something because of a, the care for others. And when there's a brotherhood or a sisterhood, there's an energy that comes that allows you to carry something that you couldn't carry on your own. And we're going to talk today. I really, as I was, as we were heading into December, I was thinking, you know, I am just, I don't want to do a Christmas series or Christmas messages just because. Um, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. Sometimes, I'm like Peyton who's up here with her Bah Humbug sweater on, you know, I, yeah. That's, that's kind of how I feel a lot of times. Um, so I really wasn't planning to do anything Christmassy today, but I just kept coming back to the story of when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and announced to her that she was going to carry the Messiah. And I was thinking about that, started reading that story this week, and I was like, I think that's what God wants to speak to us about this week. It, we're going to look into it, but if you think about that, it's incredible that a, a human being, a young girl, got pregnant with God. That, she carried God, literally, in her body. That the God of the universe who created everything and holds everything together became an embryo, became a tiny human being, and then came inside her physical body, and then grew, and she gave birth, and, and Jesus came. God became man. God became a person and lived on this earth. And I've been thinking about the fact that a person carried God. And really, we're going to look at, you're like, well, that's, it, we're going to read through the story, and it's really an amazing story that I believe God wants to speak to us different things from it. But we're also going to look at not just how she did that, like, wow, what an amazing example, you know, or thing God did with her, but how that's also an illustration of what God wants to do with us. That when Jesus came into the world, and through his death and resurrection, when we turn from our sins and trust in him, the, the incredible miracle of the Christian life is that God himself comes and lives in us. And it's not any less miraculous, actually, 
than what happened to Mary. It's just as miraculous that the God of the universe would come and make his home in us. And we would carry him. Something that seems impossible is something that God wants to make a reality in our life. And so, let's go ahead and, and look at this story. On Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 26. So I'm just, I'm just going to read through this and talk about it as we go. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. It's easy to kind of pass over that, but if you step back and look at it, there we see that from the, an angel was sent from God. And this angel is named Gabriel. We see him a few times in the Bible. Um, he appeared earlier in this chapter to to a man named Zechariah, who was a priest. He appeared in the Old Testament to one of the most esteemed people of the Old Testament, Daniel. And in all of those situations, it's interesting that when we see uh, religious art depicting angels, what do they usually look like? Usually, yeah, cherubs. You've got these, like, pudgy babies with, you know, ribbons or, you know, going across strategic parts. Or maybe, you know, some sort of diaper on. And you got just these soft, cuddly, you know, babies. But the reality is that if you and I saw an angel, we would be the one needing a diaper, actually. Because <laughs> that's what angels really are. And when people saw Gabriel, they all were just terrified. Daniel, who was one of the most holy men in the whole scriptures, it says that he was greatly troubled and he felt sick for days. Like he was just so overwhelmed with this encounter with this heavenly being. And so we've got this messenger from God's very throne room coming to the earth, making his way to where? To Nazareth. And it's interesting because Nazareth is just this little backwoods town. Later on, people had a hard time believing that Jesus could be that much because they said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? That's just a little town. How could anything good come from there? And it's just so incredible that that's how God works. He comes from heaven, and he comes to the places of obscurity and seeming smallness. And he comes to a, a teenage girl who's not very wealthy. And, but God comes and selects her to be part of his incredible mission and purpose and actually to come and live inside her. In verse 28, it says, And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled with the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. The, the message that came to her is, hey, you are favored. God is for you. Favor basically means God likes you. You can say, you know, God loves God loves you, and oftentimes we lose the importance of what that means, but favor is not only does God love you, which, you know, he kind of has to because he's God, but God likes you, too. That's what God was saying to Mary, and that's, that's what God says to us. It's, it's amazing, and it's interesting that she was troubled with this greeting. You'd be like, why are you troubled by that? Like, that's, that's a nice greeting. Hey, God, his favor is with you. You're the favored one. God's for you. But I think there was a, 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 a difficulty in 
processing. Can this really be true? I, no, I don't feel like that most of the time. I feel like, man, I fall short, and I, I'm just very ordinary, and I have these sins and these struggles and these failures, and God, is God really for me? And that's, you know, I think there, there's this sense that she's like, man, how, how, how can I know that this could be true? And it's, it's amazing. Pretty much every letter in the, in the New Testament, that, which a lot of the New Testament is letters that were written to different churches, pretty much everyone starts with this type of greeting. Something like, grace and peace to you. Grace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. You are chosen. You are beloved. That's God's heart towards us that comes through Jesus. But we need to hear it over and over again because there's so much in us that struggles to believe that that can be true. Is that true of anybody besides me? You guys, the rest of you just naturally feel favored? All right. I, I sure don't most of the time. Um, but that's, that's how God comes. And in verse 31, it says, the angel continues speaking. He says, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now there it is, the, the miracle of the virgin birth. That this young, probably teenage girl, who was unmarried, she was a virgin, and said, you're going to conceive and bear a son, and his name is Jesus, which will be Jesus, which means the Lord saves. And I, again, I want to just not lose sight of the enormity of what happened here, that God came inside this, this person's body. She be, Mary became pregnant with God. I want to look real quick at Colossians chapter 1 where it speaks of who Jesus is. Colossians 1.15 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Now, this Jesus who came to the earth is the Creator, the one who spoke the universe into existence, the one who is the, the King of all, the one who is over every kingdom, over every power, both in the earthly world and the, the heavenly world, the spiritual world. He is the Lord of all. And He came, and He came to the earth, and He came inside Mary's very own body. And later on in this chapter, it says in, in verse 27, um, it says, To them, this is speaking of to everyone to whom the message of, of God's goodness, of the gospel has come. It, it says, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. There's a really big mystery that God's making known to us. What is that mystery? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, men who are here, you're probably going, or you're maybe not going, but you're not thinking this, but oftentimes we don't relate to pregnancy very well. <laughs> I've, my wife's been pregnant a few times, and, you know, I still, I've sort of, I learned, you know, some of the, what was involved, but the idea of being pregnant, it's just, you know, like, aliens from Mars or something. It's just totally different. But basically, this, what is a reality is that everyone who believes in Jesus and is born again, we become pregnant with God. That Christ comes and lives in us. And we, that's what it means to be a Christian. It's one in whom God lives and we carry him to the world. We live with his 
presence close to us, and we carry him to the world. Now, that's pretty crazy, huh? So, you know, if, well, I just won't make any more comments about pregnancy. It's probably not going to be a good idea. <laughs> uh, back, to, back to the story. Verse 32 in, in Luke, Luke 2. Gabriel continues, and he says, He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And so, the angel is, is telling Mary, not only this is going to happen, but this is the prophetic purpose of what is happening. That this is the long-awaited Messiah. This is, your people have been waiting for centuries for God to send a Savior, for God to send a Messiah who will defeat evil in the world and push back oppression and bring people into the freedom they were born for, they were intended for. And he is saying, hey, this is the one. This is the one who's going to sit on the throne of David. That, that speaks to the, the kingdom of God. The Messiah was known to be fulfilling the, 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 the promises to be set up his kingdom on earth and bring God's justice and peace into all the world. It's interesting that, that Mary's, the, Joseph, who she was betrothed to, was a descendant of, of David, the king. And Mary, it doesn't say that directly, but it seems very clear in Scripture that Mary was also a descendant of David. And so both of these had grown up knowing we're descendants of the most famous king in all of our history. Even though now we live in kind of obscurity, but we're descendants of this king, and it's our family that the Messiah is going to come to. And so there was, so there was a sense, even though they, they lived in, in, in humility and humble means in many ways, there was also, I believe, a sense of destiny. And there's, there's something about our family that we're, we're part of. And God fulfilled that in that when God came to, to live inside of Mary, it was not only bringing his presence close to her, which would be enough, but also his purpose. And so, you know, this is incredible. But I, I was thinking about this, and you probably thought about this too. When Mary got this news... She's unmarried. She's a teenager. She's in a culture where um, having sexual relationships outside of, outside of marriage is incredibly frowned upon. In fact, there's the death penalty is, is the normal option um, legally. And so this is the news that she gets. She's going to be pregnant. And so it's this, the, probably the biggest blessing or chosen moment in all of history, but to those around her, it's not going to look that great. There's going to be a lot of misunderstanding. Even Joseph, you know, the, the person she's married to, he was, he was planning to divorce her quietly, the Bible says. Um, and nobody was going to understand what was happening. Fortunately, an angel appeared to Joseph, too, and set him straight. And so, you know, he, he married her. But she's coming into this, this greatest blessing. But there was a part of it that was going to be difficult. I mean, just being pregnant is difficult. I know enough to know that. That it's really good news, but I know when Reagan, when the, the, the little pregnancy test turned blue, you know, it wasn't always a joyful response immediately. It was, you know, that quickly, that followed at some point. It was like, oh my goodness, like I'm losing my life again. 
Like, this is, this is tough. Like, pregnancy's rough. And, you know, Mary, she was going to be close to Jesus, like, in an incredible way. But also, she was going to have, Jesus was going to offend her at times. There were going to be things in this relationship where her feelings would be hurt, where it wouldn't be easy, that there was this great chosen opportunity, but that, it, that doesn't mean that it, all, it was always smooth sailing. or uh, it, was, it required, there, there was a very human agony involved in the process at times. And so Jesus coming to us, it's this incredible blessing, but that doesn't mean that it's always easy. He leads us through stuff like pregnancies or all sorts of stuff that are challenging, but yet his purpose and his promise is present in that. And he wants, he wants us to experience that, but he leads us through stuff that isn't always the way we would want it to be. Um, what's Mary's response? In, in verse 34, as Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? How will this be since I'm a virgin? It's interesting that earlier in this chapter, Gabriel had appeared to the priest, Zachariah, and told him that his wife was going to be pregnant. And it was going to be John the Baptist, who was actually the, the prophet who was coming before Jesus. And Zechariah was really old, his wife was really old. And Zechariah was one of the most, you know, he was a religious leader. And, but when he heard the news, he said, how can I know this is true? He doubted, because the word that came, to, that came to him was so impossible. It defied the laws of natural laws. He was too old to have children. His wife was too old to have children. And God said, you're going to have a son. So he said, man, how can, how can I know this is for, for, for real? And he actually, the angel said, well, since you, since you asked, let me tell you. You won't be able to talk for the next nine months until the baby's born. So you'll know that this really was an encounter from God, and this is, this is true. And so there was a doubt, which most of us would say, well, it's pretty reasonable to have that doubt. But it's interesting that Mary, her response isn't the same. She doesn't say, how can I know this is true? She just says, how are you going to do it? Or how is it going to happen? How, how will this be? Not will this be, but how will, how will it be? Because I'm a virgin. And that's a very different question. And that's a good question. And that's the kind of question that God loves. Because that's the kind of stuff God puts in front of us. He says, hey, I want to do something in your life. And you're like, that doesn't seem possible. But a good response is like Mary's just to say, okay, Lord, how are you going to do that? And watch him do it. He got, the angel answered her in verse 35. The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit, here's the answer. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, this is Zechariah's wife, and her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. How do you know that something is from God? One of the best ways I've found to know if God is, and I believe today that God is wanting to speak to, to many of us about new understandings of what his will is for your life. New things that he's wanting to lead you into. New, new areas of freedom, new areas of service, new areas of walking with him. How do you know if it's from him? Well, a lot of times we think that walking with God is difficult. But really the way to know if something is from God is not if it's difficult, 
but if it's impossible. God doesn't ask us to do difficult stuff so much as he asks us to do impossible stuff. That's, that's how God works in our life. I know this weekend I had, I, I had like the most intense couple of days I, emotionally. I've had, I mean, it feels like for years. It's probably just because it was the last few days. It probably was like two weeks ago, just as bad. But I had a series of things. Our, our washing machine was backing up, and I hate plumbing. Um, the only thing I hate worse than doing plumbing is paying a plumber. And so I was like, I know I really should be able to figure this out. I've dealt with, we get tree roots in our, in our drain, and I think I should be able to do this. And so Thursday night, I tried to fix it to no, to no avail. Friday night, I tried to fix it to no avail. I went to bed just so frustrated, so just, uh, just man, uh, overwhelmed, really. And, and also, there were, there were other stuff going on that I just felt overwhelmed by. Like, there was a, another situation, even, not even, because this isn't that big of a deal, but there was a bigger situation that I was facing in my life that just kind of hit me that day. And I was like, I do not know what to do about this. This might be the end of my life. Like, this just looks really bad. Like, this, this is hopeless. I don't know what to do. And I went to bed, and I was sort of, God, I know I, I shouldn't be so overwhelmed, but I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling overwhelmed. God, please help me to have some faith here. I know I, I know I should, but I just really don't. And but God help me. And I went to bed. Didn't really feel that much different. But I woke up and I, I opened the Bible, spent some time with God, and, you know, things just sort of changed. It was like I, I got enough perspective from God. I was like, okay, you know what? I don't know how this is going to happen, but God, you're going to do it. You're going to take care of the situation. I'm standing here today. I still don't know how God's going to work it out. The plumbing, thank God, got worked out midway through yesterday. So that was great. But the bigger thing, I don't know how God's going to do it. But I have come to a place. I said, God, you're the God of the impossible. This is how you've worked in my life so many times. God, you're going to do it again. And I I know you're going to do it. And that's, that's how God leads us. He leads us to a place of trusting him for the impossible. And Mary's response is just, just so great. And, and I think this is why she's just one of the most noteworthy characters in all of Scripture. In verse 38, it says, Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know, basically she said, Hey, you know what? That's all I need to know. You said God's going to do it. It's not up to me. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon me and overpower me and bring this about. All right, Lord, I'm trusting you to bring this about. And, and I'm just going to walk it out, trusting you. And the angel left, and the rest is history. It happened. Um, and that's really, you know, what, what God has for us. In John 1, verse 12, we're told that to all who receive him, to all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. How did Mary come to carry God? She received him. She believed. It says to receive him and the synonym for that, believed in his name. She believed, therefore she received. That's how we receive God. That's how we receive his presence in our life. We believe him. We receive him through trusting him to come in. We receive him. How do we come into his purpose for our life? We believe what he says to us. 
and we can receive it and come into it. There's just one more thing in this story. Well, it goes on in verse 39. It says, In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. There it is again. She believed and she received. But I, I love how Mary had this encounter with God. And God said, hey, this is what I want to do with you. And then God said through, the, through Gabriel, hey, and you know what? Also, your, your cousin, Elizabeth, she's an old lady, but God's working in her life too. And she's also pregnant with a child who has a very important destiny. And it's interesting that Mary's instinct was, her choice, I don't know how she worked through this, but she decided, I'm going to go hang out with my cousin. And there's something about walking this life of faith, of following God into his purpose, of carrying God in our life, that it really helps to have other people with us who are doing the same thing. That she found a coach, someone who was older than her, someone who had more spiritual experience than her, someone even who'd been pregnant longer than her, it was only six months, but you know, there, was, there was someone she could go hang out with. And that, that helped, I believe, you know, we see in the story, it encouraged her faith. And not only that, but it encouraged Elizabeth's faith too. That when, when Mary showed up, it was like, oh my goodness, this is, God is in this thing, and man, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and this baby's jumping and moving around inside of me, and there's something really going on here. There's something about walking with God that's not just us but getting around other people and finding a coach that stirs that and helps us to, to carry God and carry his purpose. And, you know, I, that, that may be for some of you today, you're going, man, you need to receive it, but also find a coach. Find someone that can help you walk this out. You know, and maybe even over as, as we're heading into the Christmas time and Christmas break, this might be a great time to, to take some intentional steps. That We have these Kingdom Living books, Kingdom Living 1, 2, and 3. And it, it would be a great time to grab one of those on the resources table today and say, you know, I'm going to go through this over the break. I'm going to go through this book. I'm going to do a little bit every day. I'm not just going to veg out, but I'm going to, I'm going to draw near to Jesus at Christmas time. Imagine that. What a crazy thing to do. And maybe I can, like, find a coach, find a mentor, and be talking to them, even if we're in a different place, and processing what I'm learning and applying that. And, um, you know, that, 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 having that is, just makes such a difference in our life. All right, well, what is God saying to you today? Maybe today, like, like Mary, you need to hear that God is saying, hey, I'm for you. My favor is towards you. I'm not looking at your sin. I'm looking at Jesus. It's interesting that when, when religious teachers have tried to study or understand what happened with Mary carrying God, their minds have just been blown. And they said, how could a human being, a, a mortal, someone, how could God, the holy God of the universe, come and live inside of her? And they said, well, but certainly, especially if she was a sinner, especially if she sinned, God's holy, he couldn't come into a sinner. And there are all sorts of religious theories that have come about that would say, oh, well, Mary was different than the rest of us. She, the whole idea of the Immaculate Conception, 
is that she was conceived without a sin nature like the rest of us have. And many religious traditions would say that Mary lived her whole life and never sinned. That's why God chose her. Because, like, he couldn't have, like, God worked because he couldn't have come inside a, like, a person like the rest of us. Because there's just no way. And so, she was different. And there's nothing in the Bible that indicates that Mary never sinned. In, in fact, everything in the Bible indicates she did. Like we talked about last week, all are under sin. All of us fall short of the glory of God. All are sinners, but it's God's grace through Jesus that is more powerful than our sin. And it's his favor that comes to us when we receive it that's more powerful than our failures and our shortcomings, than our sin. And so, God may be speaking to you today, to all of us, hey, man, he wants us to know that he's for us. If you've never come into a right relationship with him, it's receiving him, trusting him, and coming into that. Walking that out is a matter of, of trusting him and living that out. Maybe you're in a situation, or maybe you're discerning, or hearing some inkling, of like, man, God, maybe you're wanting to call me into something that I've resisted, or I haven't even known was possible. But, and it seems impossible. But God is wanting to speak to you, or God is speaking to you and saying, hey, this is what I want to do in your life. And God, the response that he's looking for from you is just to say, Lord, let it be done to me according to your word. Will you do it? And I'm just going to trust you to bring it about. Maybe you need a faith coach. Maybe you're just like, hey, I want, I want this, and I need to find somebody to help me walk this out, and I'm going to do that. Um, I just want to pray for us and ask that God would help us to, to live this out. Lord, thank you that you are, that you have come near to us. Lord, for those of us who are believers, we thank you for the incredible, just mind-blowing gift that you actually live inside of us. You're in us and with us. And Lord, I, I pray this morning that, that lies that speak to the contrary of that truth would be uprooted, that, that we would learn to, to distinguish them, to see them, and to believe your truth instead of those thoughts or our feelings. Lord, I, I pray that you would help us to walk in your favor. Lord, I pray that you would help us to walk in the realization of your presence. God, that you are not a thousand miles away. You are right with us. You've come all the way to us. You've removed every barrier. Lord, help us to experience that and trust you. In that, Lord, if anyone's here this morning that has never turned from their sin and received your forgiveness, received that relationship, Lord, would you help them to come to that place? And Lord, I pray that you would help us all to, to walk in your miraculous will for our lives. Lord, help us to see what you're doing and not be limited by our feelings, our circumstances, our, what those around us would say, what... Um, what culture or this family background we have or anything else would help us to believe you and come into that and carry you in our own lives into the world. Lord, we thank you for this. I pray that these next, this, uh, these, these, this week, these next few weeks would be a powerful time of you working in our lives. We trust you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, Katie, send us out. <laughs>